You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 62 of the MXU podcast. I'm Jeff Sandstrom, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Lee Fields, and our other co-host, the master of ceremonies himself, the Dadu Jay Desai. Is it the Dadu or just Dadu? It's really, it's really big Dadu worldwide. Okay, I gotta get gotta get it right. Yeah, I mean, it's, branding. It's branding is everything. You don't see me calling well, it PXU. No, no, exactly. <laughs> um, where did that name come from? Man, it's a long story. But long story short, uh, Crowder, the guy. Um, I didn't wear Nikes for a long time. I only wore boots. And one morning on the road, I was getting, he was going to bed as I was getting up, which is not uncommon. And um, I was going to, we're at a festival and I'm getting ready and I put on my Lulus and my boots. And I get, and he goes, are you leaving the bus in Lulus and boots? And I said, yeah. He goes, no. He said, you can't do that. He's like, put on some Nikes. I was like, I don't have any. He's like, let me buy you some. I was like, no. But then I kind of got the itch, and I would get online and go to Nike ID, and I would just customize shoes. Yeah, I just yep. make them all black. Just leave them. Just leave them in your saved items. Yeah, just for- I just murder them out. I wish there was a murder out button because that would be amazing, <laughs> but there wasn't. So I'd make them all black, and then um, uh, I would never get them. And like, say that the three of us went to eat, which is not uncommon. Um, I, and the waitress came over. I would, and she'd be like, "Hey, I'm Susie." I'd be like, "Oh, I'm Big Daddy." Or my friends call me Big Daddy. None of my friends called me Big Daddy. I would just always say that. So I decided I was going to put Big Daddy on these shoes. So when they came several weeks later, they said Big Dadu. No. Because the U key on the keyboard is right Right next next to to the the Y. Y, So Big Dadu apparently fat-fingered his Nike IDs. These fat dyslexic (laughs) fingers. And I mean, granted, they should have had spell check. And, you know, when I ordered them... (laughs) It was uh, probably late on the bus one night on the road. And so uh, uh, I was like, well, I could send them back. And then I typed in Dadu on the internet machine. And there's several Indian languages. For those of you that are listening and you can't tell, I'm beautifully brown and Indian. Um, several Indian languages and some African languages and some other that refer to Dadu as like dad or grandfather. It's kind of in the same, you know, family is daddy so i was like i would just a keep term, it term big, of endearment if yeah, you will we just keep big daddy and then so and then i was watching Step Brothers, greatest movie of all time prestige worldwide and i just i was like i need worldwide at the end of my name <laughs> so now i'm big daddy worldwide <laughs> uh you gotta love a good origin story yeah i mean every every worldwide corporation that's worth anything has to have a good an story. origin story yeah. worth paying attention. I got to be real so, honest. Big big dad do worldwide. Yeah, yeah. yesterday I went to uh, Bass Pro Shop because that's what I do weekly. I just have to go there, and they have a pretty elaborate sunglasses section. And dude, I've been thinking all week, maybe two weeks now, since we announced the tour, and you sent us your photo, which is the coolest photo I've ever seen. But your glasses are so dope. And I'm like, I need some glasses like this. Have you watched Hangover? Yeah. Those are the glasses. They're blue blockers. Blue blockers. But you've got yeah. the tortoise frame. Yeah, for sure. The tortoise frame. The black frame. They don't. White, white frames kind of. They, they don't sell those at Bass Pro. <laughs> no, I actually buy them from a pharmaceutical website, like old person pharmaceutical uh, website. And they come in three packs for $90. That's freaking awesome. 
but I'll be happy to give you a pair. What else do you buy from adult pharmaceutical <laughs> websites? Uh, depends. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's give some updates. Um, yep. We announced something today. Today is Friday, March 19th, my son's 12th birthday. Um, today, Coming of age. Yes. Now, um, Are you having a bar mitzvah? No, we're actually going to celebrate the fact that I no longer have medical rights to my son in the state of California. Um, you got to move, man. That's so Dude, isn't that crazy? We got a letter saying um, once he turns 12, he will have to give you permission to be uh, to have access to his medical records. Isn't that nuts at 12? Anyway. Yeah, we don't want to go down wrong, that road. Wrong podcast. Yeah. Um, we announced All Access, our event that we do. We've done it a couple times. We had to cancel last year because of uh, the old C19er. Um, at a 17,000-square-foot house in Nashville where a handful of mixers come and we spend three days with consoles, like super intimate setting, and you get to hang out, have some great food, lots of laughs, good times, and you leave being a better mixer, really. Yeah. Well, and the, the coolest thing about it to me is that you bring your tracks and your show file to mix on your console, and we basically give you input, and the other guys who are there give input. And so you leave with not only a better mix, but maybe some better presets, a better show file, um, a, maybe a, an approach or two that you hadn't thought of before, and just great community building and great fellowship. So if if you're into that sort of thing, fill out an application. I mean, I don't know that you'll get chosen at this point because, let's face it, we're almost full already. But I know. It's pretty cool. There's only 30 seats available, so we can't do a yeah, lot of these. Very limited. But we like to do them and... We announced it an hour ago, and it's like, it's almost full already, which is awesome. You guys are amazing. Um, and then, speaking of almost full, the tour, the the tour is selling fast, super and fast. After party tickets, it's wild. Since we've uh, been on, we've had several several purchases. Uh, looks like, man, Katie Wallen or Kate, sorry, Kate, um, just bought Chicago. Wallen or Whalen? Yeah, Wallen, Whalen, uh, doesn't matter. Andreas Everman, Chicago. That's awesome. Yeah, and Andreas is coming to Atlanta. Gosh, double duty, my friend. I'm going to go back a few days. Let's just holler off some people here. Josh Ricks, Tyler Moss. Uh, Evan Warren. Cassie Fitzke. Kyle Watson. Um, Seth Eli. Brian Brody. Chris Munez bought. A metric crap ton for his team. Way to go. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, if, if they're you're going to buy one ticket, you might as well buy 10. Yeah. That's what I always say. Uh, Jacob Peake. And actually, that's that's a really good point. Hold on. We need to, we, we, we can't overstress this. This event is ideal for a team to attend. Yeah. So if you're, if you're buying a single ticket, come on, guys. You need to buy tickets for your team. So your volunteers, even if it's just one other person. So you guys can generate great conversations about how you guys do what you do with your systems and your approach to volunteers and all that kind of stuff. Because there's going to be stuff in these events, even for the one-day events, there's stuff that applies to the whole team, not just the person sitting behind a console necessarily. So bring your team um, because you're not going to want to miss all of those type conversations maybe that's what we should do we should read off people's names that have bought more than one that are bringing a team oh that's a good idea so just in the past couple days jacob peak jeremy haas those guys have got more than one um let's keep scrolling lots of singles jonathan lee nathan fry 
Jacob Hannon, lots of you guys, Andy Petzoid, Cassie Entz, Stephen Van Horn, Nathan Jacobs, Trevor Barney. I like that name. Scott Nye is bringing a couple. Man, I can't wait to meet Scott Nye. Me neither. Chris Foster's coming to Nashville by himself to the after party. So I think someone just bought an after party ticket. <laughs> I appreciate Chris Foster, I appreciate that. Hey, man, it's fine. I'll tell you everything you need to know at the after party. <laughs> just kidding. He may have bought another ticket another time. Um, Brandon Young is coming. Sarah McDonald. The females are representing. Yeah, I love it. I love that. Me too. Anyway. Yeah. Tickets are going fast. A few of the after parties are almost sold out. So definitely don't sleep on that because you're not going to want to miss. They heard Rusty was going to be there. I get it. Well, I get it. Well, yeah, you know, be a big time. We dropped our first uh, couple video content on the app this week, and Rusty's taking the world by storm. So we started with an intro video on what's the difference between a broadcast ENG style camera and a cinema camera, which is all the rage with the debate amongst tech teams right now. So that's a great video. I know I learned a lot. Yeah. I love that. Uh, did y'all see um, uh, my man Gene Kim? I feel like Gene comes up every he is single week. <laughs> yeah. I You're talking about what he posted on Instagram this morning? Yeah. Yeah, we need to talk about this because it's such a great, such a great challenge and it's a conversation that i think you know we've had around here before but we don't mention it often enough so why don't you read the post lee and we'll just sort of chat for a minute i took a screenshot of it here so um gene kim which on instagram is at tambourine phil that's which is name. such a great name it is a great name church tech people stop complaining and positioning yourself as a martyr be grateful instead of replacing the meaning of your work with your own ego. Let's just let that settle for a second. Yeah, you just got to really think about that. I want to read it again. I'm going to be like Andy Stanley. Let's read that again. Church tech people, stop complaining and positioning yourself as a martyr. Be grateful instead of replacing the meaning of your work with your own ego. And I was already thinking about a different topic for our community, and I think it's related to this. Okay. And I actually got another DM from a guy who suggested a podcast topic. Um, Rick Nemitz, thank you for the DM. He said, I know so many AV tech at church that are just trying to get through this week's service. They have no clue how to manage their time from Monday to Sunday. So when we like when Gene's talking about being a martyr, I feel like most of the time that's related to time and boundaries, personal boundaries not feeling yep. cared for. It's like, that's related to what Rick DM me. Yeah, I think you're right. But I have a kind of a hot take on this. Well, you be, you being a church staff. I am on staff at a church. I've been at the church I'm at now for, it'll be 11 years next month. You did take that one extended vacation, but we won't talk about it. I took a three-month entrepreneurial sabbatical. That's what I like to call it. <laughs> that's the biggest bunch of bull. I love that. <laughs> Sorry, that got me good. Uh, um, well done. Well done. Yeah. Well done on that. Thanks. It was three months. It's called spin. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you who aren't familiar. Yeah. yeah. It, it was Bill O'Reilly taught me that. That's, so good. That's the only thing he taught me. Um, 
Uh, what was I saying? Okay, yeah, hot take on this topic of time management. A lot of people are going to get mad at this, but I think it's okay. Um, I actually think there are a lot of church tech staff that are not that busy, but they say they are. Now, when I'm or they might be, they might be that busy on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yes, but what are you doing on a Tuesday afternoon? Um, you're watching friends on Netflix in your office when no one's watching. But what if they're working 36 hours those three days and the other days they're getting chillax? I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, I think that happens a lot. But when we talk about time management, you should be able to create an environment, systems, processes that you can spread that 36 hours over five days. What if their bosses don't give them everything they need till Wednesday afternoon, Thursday morning? Okay, so here's where my friend Jack Welch comes into play. So if that happens a couple times, I think you just got to roll with it. But when you're talking like you've been there three years and that stuff just keeps happening, you have to have enough personal responsibility and intelligence to go have a conversation, something like this. Um, hey, Glad to put the superhero cape on a couple times, but here's what happens when, when we do that. And here's what happens to the team. And here's what happens to resources. Let's come up with a better solution so that we're not frying people. Let's come up with a solution that will enable us to be here 10 years and not three, which is the average lifespan of a church tech director. So like if it keeps happening over and over, you just allow that behavior in your culture. So I think you just it just metastasizes. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Do you, Lee, since you manage people, if you see this happening to your team, what do you do? Um, I think you got to lead up. So there are two different scenarios here. So I'll tell you about let's put this in a you know, small to medium-sized church, small staff, one campus environment. I think you got to lead up. I think you have to grow in your own leadership to be able to have those conversations to go like, Hey, uh, you go sit down with your senior pastor, even if you have to and go, Hey, here's what my week's like. I'm happy to do everything in two days and work 18 hours a day, those last two days. But I don't think you want that for me either. I'd like to be able to manage this differently. I think that's just what you have to do. And even like with church, a lot of times what happens is like rehearsal days. Let's say you have a rehearsal at seven o'clock at night. Guys are still coming in to work at 9 a.m. So they're doing these 12 hour days on Wednesday, Thursdays, or Friday, or whatever the day is. And that's just getting added on. And but on the flip side of that, I see some pastors and some leadership saying, Oh, those are your volunteer hours. Or like you got to work five days a week, but then Sunday's your volunteer hour. So you actually end up working six days a week. So interesting. I, I'm not like trying to, I'm not contradicting myself. I I think the issue with church guys martyring their self and saying that they're so busy and working 36 hours a week, dude, I did this by the way, when yeah. I was at the church before I'm at now, no, man, I would even say my first couple of years at Bayside, I did this. Dude, my kids were super little, right? Like newborn and two years old. It was way easier for me to work 80 hours a week than be at home sometimes because of how right. hard it can be at home as a young family 
you're you're not making really great money. I'm in California, so everything's expensive anyway. Like there's stressful things at home and little kids and dude, it's way easier sometimes to just do that. But now 10 years later, I'm reaping the benefits of not doing what I should have then. And it's not awesome. Yeah, that's right. You know, my marriage isn't falling apart, thankfully. But at the same time, you know, that stuff comes back around 10 years later. It, it totally does. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I just think when we say, you know, with this martyr attitude, like I work too much, I think you got to be really careful because I actually don't think we work too much. Yeah. I think maybe we're just not leading up in a way to create a healthy environment. So the Jack Welch thing was, Jack Welch was a CEO of a Fortune 10. I mean, one of the largest companies in the world, right? Is GM, is that his company? GE. GE, sorry. Um, General Electric. General Electric. Which owns everything. It does. So They really do. I looked for this quote. I just Googled it. I can't find it. So hopefully this is his. It's good. So he, he would want to claim it if I'm lying. Um, he said, we want everyone in our company to have healthy boundaries and a great uh, family work life balance. We just want them to figure it out for themselves. And I think our senior pastors would say that too. I don't, I've never met a senior pastor of a church or worship leader that said, I want my team to have an improper work-life balance. Like you don't hear that. They just want you to figure it out for yourself. Yeah. I like that. So the flip side is like how I do this currently now is I oversee lots of campuses. So I know this is a really unique role. There's only a handful of churches that have the setup that I have, but my job now is more going to campus worship leaders, campus um, production guys, and asking them, hey, how's things going at your campus? What roadblocks or hurdles are in front of you, and how can I help remove those? So that's kind of how I roll. So if I see a worship leader that I think is working too much, then I'm concerned that him working too much drips down into the rest of his team. Right, because that sets the tone for the expectation for everybody else. It does. So if you're if you're a workaholic, then people under you think, well, I have to be here just as many hours as that. Otherwise, I'll, you know, they'll think I'm not productive, or I won't get noticed, or yeah. I won't get the attaboy, or whatever those things are. And that's that's a pretty dangerous hill to be on. It is. So then I have to coach worship leaders on how to lead up to their campus pastor. Because if I go to their campus pastor and go, hey, Susie's working way too much. Well, it makes Susie look weak because she can't go have that conversation on her own. So then I have to coach the worship leaders like, hey, having tough conversations is necessary, especially when it's going to get you home more. Yeah. But it's so worth it. I'm a lifelong freelancer, so some of, some of this is foreign to me, but having been in and out of organizations and alongside organizations, like almost like staff at times, you know? Yeah. I, I totally see. I just try to come at things. When I've had a long week, which... I'm not against working 80 hours. I, I know now, post-COVID, that's not healthy. Right. Um, I know post-full-time touring that it's not healthy. My chiropractor, of all people, is the one that helped me realize that um, by just watching my body respond to life in a different way. Yeah. I can work 80 hours with the best of them, but to do that at a, to do that at a consistent pace, it put my body in, and my mind in fight or flight mode. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's just not a good way. I probably feel too much these days. Like 
physically and mentally, you know, when I do work the long hours, but I would rather it that way. I'd rather feel everything than feel nothing. Yeah. Well, and that's, yeah, the, there's the practical issue of relationally and spiritually and all that, that what's going on. But when you're talking about physically, like cortisol levels, stress levels, you know, for us, like testosterone depletion, those kind of things, like that long term is really dangerous. And not just for your relationships, but just for your for your own physical and mental health. You know, I think, especially for guys at smaller churches who are responsible for more than just one yeah. role or one department, this is really tough because I think, you know, there's this myth in time management that basically says, you know, multitasking, for example. It's like, okay, if I multitask, I can get more done in less time. That's not true. That's a myth. Like your brain, it takes... 15 minutes for your brain to go from one task to where it can fully focus on another task. So this idea of sort of being able to get it all done when I'm just one guy, it's really difficult. And so for the guys who are really struggling with, okay, you say that, but I still have to get it all done. How do you coach people into how to say no, you know, and how to identify those limits because like you said about the pastor who might say well sunday is your hour to volunteer well the pastor may not know that sunday for these guys is way more than just the hour of the service right it might be six or eight hours of total time which is another full day and if they're not getting quote credit for that in their timesheet, in other words gosh they're working six days instead of five, or if they are only working five, their two off days aren't in a row because they have service on Saturdays or whatever. Like, how do you, how do you learn to say no and coach your leader that it is too much? Well, instead of teaching someone how to say no, I would maybe think of it like prepare them to say no, because what will happen is if you say, no, I can't do this extra event on Friday. I've worked too much this week. And then you get asked, okay, can you write down everything you've done this week? Right. And then Monday and Tuesday, you burn some CDs for the, the shut-ins, and you had coffee with the volunteer, and like there's not a lot. Then you're going to mm-hmm. look like an idiot. You're going to look like right. irresponsible. So if you already have put systems and processes in place to spread everything out, be efficient with your time, work appropriately, and then, you know, repeat it over and over, something comes up, and then you want to say no, at least you're prepared at that point. But if you go say no to something, to a high-level leader or an executive pastor or a worship leader, and then they go, okay, let's dig in and look at your week, and they want to kind of come sit with you and, like, let's talk about what you do, you need to be very prepared for that, or you could be very embarrassed. Yeah, that's good. What about... Since we're on the topic of church specifically, audio guys, again, I'm lifelong freelancer, you know, and so I don't have a lot of context, but I've been in this boat, especially in the early days, that you're a volunteer, you're bivocational, right? Maybe you do get, a, uh, the church does pay you just a very little bit to, to handle weekend Sundays, but you have a full-time nine to five. Yeah. Very, very common. Like, how, do, how, would you, how would you say to handle that? When you're working your regular job, you might have a family at home, but you end up at the church three, four nights a week because that's where the church is at uh, from a staffing standpoint, from a financial standpoint, from a technical standpoint. Yeah. 
And, you know, I think that's kind of where the martyr thing comes from more often than not. It's a guy that has a full-time job, but then they get their identity sort of wrapped up in this, well, I'm the guy for this team that needs me because there isn't anybody else. And so if I'm not there, who's going to do it? And I have to be the one that everybody can rely on. Isn't that the case in some of the scenarios? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, totally. I mean, so what do they do? Because like, uh, I would uh, again. I'm just arguing with you guys to f- for fun, not really for fun. Yeah, but, you know. But like, I would feel and have been in that moment where I feel like this organization or this small church that doesn't have a lot of money is depending on me. Yes, and so I'm yes. I'm willing to be a martyr. But Gene's comment was a little more about ego, so I'm yeah. not per saying that. But what do you do when you are kind of having to be a martyr in order to advance? Let me just put some people at ease here for a second. God's church will be okay without you. <laughs> it, it it will not crumble because you decide to spend more time with your family this week. Like, I have fell into that. There have yeah. been seasons where I feel like I have to do this because I don't want to leave the church hanging or what will happen if I... And then I have a... um. I have a pastor mentor friend. He's a mega church pastor at another church in another state. And I was kind of venting with him about some issues. And he said, Lee, that's God's church. It's going to be fine. And it was like a huge weight lifted off my shoulders. Yeah. It was like I was carrying too much. Yeah. And the danger is if you don't come to understand that sooner than later, then when you are able to be not there for a weekend, and everything goes okay without you, then if your ego and your identity is based in the fact that, well, they can't survive if I'm not there, and they do survive when you're not there, that that's a ding to your self-identity and self-worth that is more dangerous than maybe saying no in the first place. Right. So it's this really tightrope that we have to be careful with because – Man, what it can do to us emotionally and spiritually and relationally, it's it's a big deal. I think the the uh, I mean, we, there are so many so many books and experts and things we could read about work culture and all that stuff, and then it gets complicated when you mix your faith and then a church and all yes. that into it. You sometimes feel like you know the there's one big mission and all of your life is in it, but it feels like what we're all saying is you just don't have to do it alone. And like, even if it is a scenario where there's one person, the overseeing and the checks and balances need to happen with a few people. So Susie, who we were talking about at a campus, needs to talk to her boss, but then has you lead that she can bounce stuff off of and whatnot, you know, and for that volunteer, it's maybe helping uh, leadership understand that this is coming at a price personally. You know, yeah. I'd venture to say yeah. if they can't respect that, it may not be the place for you. But you know, yeah. I don't want to. I think that you're right. Your your sanity, home life, spiritual life, mental health, physical life is all way more important than all those all those things. Yeah. And I love a good eighty hour work week. Yeah. I just I do. I like I like to work. Um, but yeah, that's I think that's. I think we should all check ourselves, you know, and have people. With ministry and it being event-driven, you're going to have those 80 hours a week. I'm not saying they right. shouldn't be there. I actually right. think it's good for you. I think, you know, running it into the red a little bit, it can be good. Yeah. But you can't do it all the time. 
Right. You know, when we were doing our MXU coaching groups, that was one thing that we talked about all the time. Like there's a difference between distortion and clipping, right? We love a good distorted guitar amp. We love tape saturation. We yeah. love a preamp that gets overdriven and all that kind of stuff. Harmonic distortion. It's cool. It's part of the sound. It's what we're going for. But if you keep something in the red for so long that it's clipping, that's where it gets dangerous. And so it's like, okay, you're going to have those seasons where you're going to be redlining. But man, you've got to build in, whether it's right after Christmas or right after Easter or whatever the big event is, you've got to build in time to decompress and to find margin and to just go and get back kind of some of that headroom to use the gear analogy that you need so that you don't blow everything up because chances are when it does blow up it's not going to blow up at your work it's going to blow up with your wife or the relationships that are closest to you and that shrapnel is going to go to the people who don't deserve it at all so we got to we got to try to get this right it's like my favorite movie pulp fiction absolutely john travolta says hey i'm a race car and you're getting this race car in the red (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Samuel L. Jackson says, in the red, I'm super fly TNT. I'm a mushroom cloud land, something, something. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I think we need to move on because we have a really, really good turn down for MXU. Oh, gosh, this one's so good. It came in last night on the team Slack. Yeah. So can I just read it? Just go for it. I'm just going to read it. Okay. So also Brady we'll, McGee just I, bought a ticket. Moving on. Hey, I know That's Brady. Good. Shout out to Quad Cities, Illinois. All right. Come on. Coming to Chicago. Um, all right. So this is from one of our guys in the team's uh Slack channel for MXU teams. We had a guy who lives in a retirement neighborhood send us a letter complaining about the subs from our auditorium, rattling his windows and knocking over his dishes. He included a photo of his broken plates. His house is 374 yards away from our auditorium. Um, That's over a thousand feet, people. That's almost a quarter mile. That's a long way. We sent him a nice letter back apologizing and saying that we check and make sure our decibel levels were good because we want to be friendly neighbors. We didn't hear anything back for a bit until the city planner called and said, there's a noise ordinance complaint against us from a city alderman, and he'd like us to turn down our volume before anything gets too out of hand legally. After another meeting with the city planner, he wanted to compromise and said, quote, the resident is most concerned with the volume on Saturday nights at 6 p.m. That's when it's worst, so turn it down there and we should be fine. The funny part is, we don't have anything going on during that time at our church, but the church down the street does. Even better, the guy complaining is a member at that other church. I can only imagine the shock when he found out. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, he's not attending Saturday night services. Apparently not. So, Alderman Smith, whoever you are, you know, you need to check yourself. (laughs) 374 yards. Can you imagine how loud it would have to be to knock a plate off a wall from that far away? Dude, it that'd be insane. It's impossible. Have, that's I like have three hy- questions. hyper super duper cardioids. Right. <laughs> it's parabolic <laughs> for, at that point. For, it's targeted. Yeah, it's yeah, it's mushroom cloud. I it is mushroom cloud. I have three questions. Okay. Uh, first, what's an alderman? 
<laughs> is that his name or is that like no, no alderman's like a, a councilman um you know it's like, like a, a councilman of a city yeah it's yeah. like the definition of an alderman um is an elected member of a municipal council as yeah like a city council member would be an alderman yeah okay. in some places chicago mainly and old british settlements which you know that's pretty much all of america but so clearly a man of high character it's an elected official elected official i mean yeah so clearly he transferred his complaint to his own church after this that's my second question is like i'm i'm guessing he (laughs) did that we should follow up we we need a follow-up yeah we should um, can i start issuing mxu tickets like citations yeah like just oh i think that's great yeah i'm gonna send him a ticket maybe you should start issuing badges also like medals like bob goff medals that's great (laughs) that is Um, awesome Okay, third question, 374 yards. So, yeah. does he have an archery rangefinder or a golf rangefinder? How how they figure that out? Maybe he's got a disto. Well, knowing the person who posted this, yeah, it's either it's either a disto or some sort of rangefinder, but I love that it's not 375 yards. It's not around 400 yards. It's 374 <laughs> yards. So, this definitely got measured with some sort of device. So, Joey, you're going to have to follow up with us on that to let us know um, how we have the exact measurements. I love yeah. it. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. And seriously, we want to know what frequency range exactly is making it that far out of what sub. So, um, you know, I'm out here in, near the Bay Area where uh, Meyer Sound is located, their headquarters here. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. I thought they, they were further south. No, they're in Berkeley, right across the Bay Bridge, right on the other side. Um, so when they came out with the Leo system, at the time, that was it was the biggest, baddest thing that had ever come out. I think it was before K one. So like it was massive. It was like an arms race of line arrays there for a few years. It was like K one, uh, Leo, the outline GTO. That's they're gonna they're about to get another shout out, actually. Anyway, um, <laughs> Uh, we got contacted to come out to um, an amphitheater here. It's an open-air amphitheater, so the stage is covered and all the seats are open. It's out near a casino out in the middle of nowhere here. But from the stage to the back fence was only 420 feet. And this place holds like 22,000 people or something. And they had this Leo system out there and tons of it. Like 16 aside, a ton of those new subs. And at the back fence, it was still pretty loud. But that's like two and a half times that. Right. That's a lot further. So to go through a house and then rattle a plate off the wall would have been insanity. Yeah. I mean, that's a decent size par four away from the speakers. You've got, you know, it's definitely a two-shot hole to get (laughs) a golf ball from the subs to the kitchen window to break the, the dishes madness yeah all right so we want to give a little uh preface to this interview sure so we're gonna talk about pa shootouts so hot topic something came up on facebook which we'll um we'll uh, recap right here at the beginning of the interview but tyson weens is the coo of summit integrated in denver he's a good friend of ours and we just wanted to hear from the horse's mouth about shootouts, what he thinks of them, and then Jeff and I will get to tell you what we think about shootouts. So, enjoy. All right, we're here with our friend Tyson Weens. How you doing, man? 
I'm doing well. How are you guys? We're great. I'm doing great. You're in uh, Denver in two feet of snow, but you're on your way to Hawaii in a few days. Yes, that is the goal, uh, as long as we can make it out before it snows again. But uh, this winter, the, it's just been crazy. Like, I think it's feast or famine for you guys. Like, I've heard horror stories about two feet of snow at a time. And then it's like, no news for a while. Everything's fine. Weather's beautiful. And then you get dumped on again. It's like, it's a bit bipolar here with the weather. Global warming or something. Yeah. Yeah. We, we like to try to keep it a secret that we have some like 50 and 60 degree days in between all that snowstorm. Um, you know, we like to just tell everybody it snows here all the time, but that's yeah, not keep always them true. Away. Okay. Okay. So we should properly introduce you. Um, currently, you are a VP at Summit Integrated. Is that right? So yeah, the, the titles have, have changed often. I've, I've been here at Summit for 15 years. So today my title is Chief Operating Officer. Okay. Got it. So you make sure that everyone's project happens the way they should in a timely fashion. The church is happy and you're happy. Exactly. Yeah. Just help our team uh, follow through on the execution of the work we get to do. I think the biggest thing about your title, though, is the word chief. I mean, honestly, you're you're kind of in charge, really, when we get down to it. So, uh, you know, be- we like to pretend that way, at least <laughs> fake, fake it till you make it. Um, there you go. But no, we're I, I'm proud of the title and um, have worked hard, but have an incredible team that uh, that supports what we do. So, well, we know you do, and you know anybody who's listened to us or has been around our events knows that you know we only surround ourselves with integrator partners that we know and trust and we love you guys and it's been a pleasure to partner with you over the years but there's a really cool connection tyson has to us and it's tyson's connection to andrew stone oh yeah why don't you tell people what you were doing 15 years ago 20 yeah yeah this is this is a bit of a full circle moment so yeah i i grew up in the church um playing guitar and then i you know got behind the soundboard um and started messing with that. And, and from there, I uh, got excited about going to college and learning audio engineering. And it would have been the summer of my um, junior year. I kind of reached out. I don't even remember how it happened, but reached out to Church on the Move um, and said, hey, do you guys have an internship available? Um, I knew Andrew was there. Andrew and I actually grew up in the same town in Oklahoma. Uh, shout out to Enid, Oklahoma. And uh for some reason, he responded and, and had a position. He had just started his role there. And I basically came in. He had me come in for the summer and um, kind of trim up and run Pro Tools on uh, Pastor Willie George's sermon that went to the radio every week. Wow. So uh, I got to work with Andrew for probably three or four months for the very first year that he was at Church on the Move. And uh, from there, just went on our ways and kind of kept in touch um, ever since. But then, yeah, the, the MXU thing, when we started with you guys, that first event back yep. in uh, Anaheim, it was kind of a reconnection there. So yeah, that's that's really cool. I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, it's awesome because, like you just said, our very first event we ever did that started this whole freaking thing, you guys at Summit made it happen because I called you guys and were like, hey, we want to do this really cool thing. And we need someone to buy our travel. That was really yeah. it. It was like, <laughs> I didn't even ask for a sponsorship. It was like, here's where the money is going to go. It's plane tickets, hotel, and food for me, Jeff, Andrew, and two techs, a video tech and, and Jesse to come. And you guys were like, yeah, no problem. So it was like, here's four or $5,000, whatever it was to get us all down there for a few days. And you guys wrote that check. So 
we are forever indebted to you guys That's for right. helping make this whole thing happen. We would not be where we are right now were it not for that first event. So, I mean, it was, I look back on that often and think, gosh, what were we thinking, first of all? But the fact that it actually worked and that people were willing to show up and listen to us yammer on for a day, it was it was awesome. So thank you guys for making it happen. Yeah, it's been a it's been a really cool journey and amazing to see where you guys are at now and what's ahead. Well, I'll tell you what's ahead is we're going on tour and we're coming to your freaking shop. Yes, <laughs> I'm I'm pumped for that. It's uh it's I think sometime in the fall, so I know it's going to be beautiful out and there shouldn't be any snow and uh, we're going to get to look at some mountains and uh, rock and roll with people. So side and- note, we're going to be there on my wife's birthday. So I think I, you know, it's, I think it's a birthday present. She thinks maybe not so much. <laughs> Is it a birthday but, present that you're gone or that she gets to come with you? So she's going to be with us for the Denver event. And I'm, I'm really excited because Lee and I have talked before about the fact that our wives have never been to one of our live events. And so Liz is coming uh, on September 30th to the Denver event and it happens to be her birthday. So we're going to have to have a special after party. We can arrange that. We we uh, we like after parties. You do so much so that we're selling tickets for after parties in every city except yours because it's free and it's at your shop. Well, yeah, so and we're it's just going to be amazing. We're just extending. So you guys just <laughs> built a big new building. Yeah, I, I think you called it Apple headquarters. So uh, I think I did say that. <laughs> I think I said it was better than. And yeah. I think I said it was a million square feet. We're, you know, Five we're, million is what you said. Just okay. a couple under that, yeah. <laughs> it also could be known as like an old concrete building that we renovated from yeah. like a disaster restoration company. So uh, <laughs> if you look hard, there's probably some like random chemicals in some closets still. But uh, That's yeah. awesome. Well, but you're in it right now because I can tell because that dope looking acoustic panel in your office. Yeah, you know, for so long you'd have a video call in your office and it would sound terrible and say, we got to do something about this. So we, uh, we went to Home Depot and also made some cool things with some laser and, uh, and CNC machines. And now it sounds a lot better in my office and it looks cool. Yeah, and soon it's going to sound better in my office. Yes, it I is. I think everybody in the country, like every time I hear a Zoom call or hear a radio interview with somebody on Zoom, I feel like every home office in the country has a 300 hertz like weird reflection as part of the design of homes in America because yeah. every time there's this just honk like 3 to 400 hertz that just kills me so you sound great today Tyson so i think those uh those panels are definitely making a difference that's good i, I did grab myself one of these earthworks mics too after uh, you guys found it and it's like okay i can uh Again, have to do better than my AirPods sometimes. So uh, yes, yeah, it's important. Th- these mics are awesome. So it, any churches out there that their pastors are doing podcasts or you need podcast mics, the SM7 is like the go-to, yep. or like the RE20 or 320. What's the number? RE20. Yeah. RE20. And then uh, Stephen at Mike Reynolds was like, "Hey, you got to check this Earthworks mic out." And I immediately think. Well, it's going to be a thousand dollars. Exactly. I'm sure it's awesome. Well, it's a hundred bucks more than the SM7, and the SM7 needs an inline preamp because you have to give that thing so much gas. Right. So 
And we did an A-B test in the office because our office here where I'm at, it's it's very vibrant because there's no acoustic panels yet. And this Earthworks mic was quieter than the SM7. Yeah. It has better rejection. Yeah. Way more better. Gain. Yes. I know for for a minute, those SM7s have been backordered too. We've we tried to get some of those. But yeah, I... What's cool too with the Earth, Earthworks mic is mine's the USB version. I see yeah. you've got the uh, the standard version there, but yeah, yeah. we got the standards because sometimes we do multiple people at one time. Exactly, and getting a USB mic, multiple USB mics into a computer is difficult. So it's not a good idea. No, so we use our Behringer console here in the office for that. Only Heck the yeah. best. Yes, yeah. that's what you're supposed to do. Earthworks mics, Behringer console. <laughs> isn't that why? Isn't that why they built the wing? Yeah, it's, it's, it leads us to the next question of what PA do you put with your Earthworks mic and your Behringer console? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, an Outline GTO. Go. That's one of my favorite PAs, actually. Do they still make those? I don't think they do, but that's James River in uh, Missouri yeah. has that PA. Yeah. And it sounds freaking incredible. There's some, uh, I don't remember where I came across it, but when I did, it's like, what is this? Because you've yeah. never heard of it. And right. if I remember right, they look a little interesting. Unique. They look wild. Yeah. They're, I think it's Italian. So it's like, we make Lamborghini and line array. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the other thing is you could have a nice early 70s Pontiac GTO and have some good results with that too. So My favorite muscle car is the Judge GTO. There you go. That's a good That's one. Nice. It is. All right. So okay. let's get to the let's get to why we're here today. So Lee, why don't you set up the set the table for us and we'll start chatting. All right. So here's the table. PA shootouts. Okay. So um a month or so ago, somewhere around there, um, some friends of ours posted on the MXU Facebook group a picture of their church and a metric crap ton of line array hanging from the stage and uh the comments below turned into something you'd almost see on another facebook group that we will not mention so i made a comment on there and it my comment i feel like um opened the floodgates a bit on some things in a good way and in a bad way so so we need to say first of all the post was or the the photo yeah was a picture of this church and i i don't think it's bad to say the church no it's eaglebrook eaglebrook yep. church in minneapolis they had basically seven different line arrays from seven different manufacturers and it was you know each one was obviously mono because it was just one line um but it was from one manufacturer's flagship to another manufacturer's midline to another manufacturer's flagship. It was just varying degrees of PA. Um, and, and so the question looking at the picture was, okay, this isn't really a good demo of what's going to happen in this room because these really aren't deployed for this room. Right. It's just a way to hear this loudspeaker. And so our questions were about how is this kind of test even yeah. a real test and so it was i didn't even say that i just went in hard and said here's why i don't like shootouts <laughs> i think that's how i opened with my comment and yeah. basically there's no, there's no baggage there right no not at all and it was and i said the words because sometimes people bring knives or rocket launchers to gunfights and i felt like 
that's that's really how I feel about it. Um, and then I got messages, phone calls, text messages, DMs from anyone from Steve at the church to people on your team, Tyson, to manufacturers texting me. And some people took that as, yes, I agree with you. Some people, um, and Steve at the church felt like he needed to defend what they were doing. And we'll get into that in a second because I'm glad he did. Um, also, I want to say uh, Trent at Eaglebrook, I've known this guy since 2006 or seven, I believe. Love that guy. Um, anyway, so we say all that. And then, you know, a hundred comments later, it's like, people are like, well, who won? Who won? And then some people are like, yeah, shootouts are dumb. And even Robert Scova was like, I have a, a strong opinions on this. So even I can tell he's like, he hates them too. So I get, um, a DM from Steve, and he explains to me that what they were doing was not really a PA shootout as we know them. Right. So Eaglebrook is how many campuses, Tyson? Ooh, that's a good question. A I think lot. They're somewhere around five or six or seven. Yeah. In there. So I think their weekend attendance is in the twenty to thirty thousand range. It's it's up there. So they've got yep. multiple mega churches in their um, in their network. Yep. So Steve sends me a message and says. We're trying to choose a manufacturer to partner with based on a few different things. Uh, support, their staff, relationships, quality of boxes from front fills in a kid's room all the way to large format line array in a 2,000 seat room. Right. Yeah. It had more to do with consistency through the line of products yes. than it did with one particular product or a flagship loudspeaker that you would right. use in a main arena size PA. Right. So exactly. DMB, for example, which we love, they ha- uh, hung a KSL rig in there and then like there's an Adamson S10 a few feet away. And KSL That's not a fair fight. No. KSL <laughs> will do some bands in 15,000 seat arenas. Right. And that Adamson S10, I wouldn't put in a room any bigger than 1500 seats. Exactly. So like when you see that, you go like, well, there we go. We got knives and rocket launchers at a gunfight, you know? Um, but after talking to my friends at DMB that day, uh, Todd was like, oh, no, we're just showcasing cardioid technology. So they were using the KSL to demonstrate what that they're a feature that DMB has in multiple products. I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. But no one knew any of this by the initial post, like, hey, today should be a fun day or whatever, which I yeah. politely told Steve, like, hey, uh, if you just said that originally, maybe this wouldn't have gone a little a little wonky. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Surely you're not saying that a Facebook post requires context. No, it was – no, it's like <laughs> you see a picture. Because nobody it, does that. No, Fox News and CNN never do like post crazy no, pictures and headlines. Exactly. Um, anyway, so we're talking a lot. So, Tyson, uh, I want you to talk a little bit about what Eaglebrook did and then – You've got some crazy stories on things that you've seen at PA shootouts, which is why Jeff and I think that they're horrible. So let's start there. Good filter. Absolutely. I I think, (laughs) you know, even to say that, I think honestly, we just all got bored during COVID of talking about video so much, we just needed to hang some line arrays up and, and have some fun, <laughs> right? So, I mean, there's there's a little bit of that in there. Yeah. You know, we, we had to come back to the roots there. But, uh, but no, um, 
Yeah, I appreciate you setting it up that way. Um, I've I've been doing this a little while, not as long as a lot of people, but I've been doing this. So I've I've been in a handful of PA shootouts, and um, they're not very fun from a integrator side. They're probably not very fun from a manufacturer side. Hopefully, the customers do have some fun. But it's exactly what you said um, with Eagle Brook. Um, you guys have talked about this a lot. We talk about this a lot. When you're looking across campuses in a multi-campus church, um, consistency plays a value in how you can support um, the different campuses. There's also a brand consistency, a sound consistency they're looking for as well. So yeah, like you said, they had big to small, all different size PAs to listen to those because their rooms are not all the same. Um, their needs are not all the same. Their budgets are not all the same into the different rooms. So, you know, obviously we couldn't go into each of their spaces and have a separate demo in every one of those. So it was, hey, here's a space we can use. Here's a place we can hang all these different PAs to have in one room to listen to these all. So so that was kind of the whole goal from the demo anyway, to, to understand the tonality of the boxes, to interact with the manufacturers, to see how the boxes sounded versus how they modeled um, as well is, is a big piece of that. But um, so that's kind of how we went into the demo. And even I've got to say up front, um, I'm, I'm really proud of our team. I was not at this demo. I was with, a, with another client here in town, um, Darren and, and Cameron really were the ones who orchestrated this and carried this out, which is kind Dude, of a proud moment for me. So. I didn't know that. I was texting you all day like you were there. Oh, yeah. No, I <laughs> I, I knew plenty about it and was around it. I wish I was there. But uh, but those guys are, the, the guys on our team are incredible. The guys at the church are incredible. So they uh, they were the ones who ran the whole thing. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And I talked to Darren too, and I could tell he put a lot of work into this. Yeah, he did. To make sure that what I potentially griped about didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of those things that we've learned. So things as simple as giving each manufacturer enough time to set up and feel good about their product. You know, if if they all come in and they're rushing under the gun and, you know, vendor A is trying to tune his PA while vendor B is turning his on and blasting pink noise, like it, it's that's not fair. Nobody likes that. So yeah. Even going to the logistics of who's scheduling, who's unloading the truck, who has this much time to put up PAs, that matters um, to get a good product. And then when the PAs are hung and you look at them, we spend a lot of time. What's the tonality curve of each of them? Um, with Eagle Brook, there's a lot of experienced guys. You mentioned Trent um, there, and there's a, a handful of other guys too. But they understand kind of the tonality and the curves they like to hear. So we are able to see that and start with some of that and look at those on the different PAs. And that's, that's helpful too, because if you have one PA that's got a massive boost at 150 hertz and, and the other people don't have that, it's just yep. going to sound very different. Yep, it is. And then that's really good. I mean, we're kind of getting in away from the Eagle Brook story now into like some general things, but like the way each manufacturer designs a system is so different. Yeah, and the example I like to use is in the in the medium format range, um, L Acoustics, the Cara. Yeah, from the manufacturer, they recommend, I believe it's for every three Cara that there's one flown Cara sub with it. Right. So if you want to hang, let's say eight nine Cara in a demo without three LF subs with it, 
it's you're not even listening to what was intended to be there. Right. Yeah. Because you're not getting any low end extension at all. Right. And that box with an eight inch driver is only going to go so low. Right. And so you can't you can't put that against somebody else's twelve inch driver. Yeah. And expect it to be a fair fight because it's just those those actual speakers are not able to reproduce the same amount of low mid, especially, but low mid to low frequency. Yeah. Even though they both say they'll do 137 dB at the horn. Exactly. Yeah. It's really hard. And that's, again, one of the things you didn't see is there was three or four months of work leading up to this demo, um, working with manufacturers, looking at designs um, and, and understanding price points and, and like what to bring, how many to bring, because we've been in some of those other ones. So with, with Eagle Brook, we, we, we went in and worked with the church, worked with the different manufacturers to say, here's what, um, here's what the other people are bringing as well. Cause nobody wants to have that, the knife at a gunfight people. Um, yeah. the vendors have done that. That's not helpful for anybody. So trying to say, okay, well, L Acoustics wants to bring LFE, but then, well, we want to bring LFE. And so it's, uh, it's definitely a process. Talk about what that means for people that don't know. Yeah. So just the low frequency extension or even the subs, it's, um, yeah, it's, there's spec sheets, um, yeah. is one thing, but then there's design is the next thing. So trying to actually have something flown in, even amount of boxes, array length makes a big difference, right? You could say, well, we only need to bring five boxes because that's all we have at the warehouse. Well, right. this, if this other guy's bringing eight, it's going to sound different, probably going to sound better. Yeah, because the length of the align array is associated with the length of the wavelength of what you're able to control. Yeah, exactly. So if they're standing up front of a house that's you know, 70, 80 feet away, you're going to have pattern control down to a lower frequency if you have a longer line. But if you only bring four boxes, um, your low frequency pattern control is going to not be good. It's called physics, people. Yes. There's some physics. It, you could be you know, a manufacturer with a, let's say it's a, a double eight box and a horn versus another double eight box and a horn, but one box is four inches taller than the other. Well, 10 boxes, four times 10 is 40 inches. That's a four foot difference. Makes a huge difference. Huge yeah. difference. Yep. Okay. So all that to say... Um, I was not trying to be critical of Eagle Brook. <laughs> okay. This will be my last and final statement on it. I, I, I am critical of PA shootouts and the stories that Tyson is about to say. So well done. Good on you, Eagle Brook, for going through that process for what you're doing. Like I totally get it. You know, small kid spaces all the way up to what's this, you know, double 18 or double 21 going to do in my worship center. Totally makes sense to me. So yeah, and the other thing I would say before we move on is, for somebody who's listening and they're thinking, "Oh man, I never thought about this before. I need to do a PA shootout." No, you don't. And we're about to tell you why. <laughs> we're about to tell you why, but but just from a practical standpoint, yeah, thinking from the manufacturer's standpoint, this is an incredibly expensive proposition. Yep, they have to truck and tech and spend days. Loading in, setting up, tuning, loading out, trucking back. I mean, it's it's completely impractical. So yeah. if you're sitting here and you're the TD at an 800-person church and you think, man, I'm going to get my integrator to do a PA shootout with my favorite three manufacturers, don't. Yeah. Well, you, well there, part of this is you won't be able to do that. 
So yeah, right. let's just call a spade a spade. How many churches in America have 25,000 people and eight campuses? Right. There's about five of them. And you're right. talking millions of dollars in gear over the next 10 years. So exactly. it's just not going to happen. You know, most people that are listening to this are one campus. So they're not going to get that anyway. Just, yeah. just being realistic. But we want to give we want to give more reasons why this is not a great idea. So Tyson, tell us a few horror stories on what you've seen in terms of one-upsmanship or unfair, unlevel playing field. You know, just some of the things that you've seen certain people do, and we'll we'll uh, change the names to protect the guilty. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, that's that's great. I think you know, like you guys said, we don't do these very often. Um, it's it costs too much for the manufacturers to do, um, and you know ultimately they they're going to have to raise their prices if they have to go do a loudspeaker shootout every month. So yeah, but I've I've got to be around four or five of these, and I can remember one of the first ones we did was uh, for a large church, three or four thousand seats. So it's like okay, we're talking about a, a serious PA that was that was ten years ago, and uh, back then there there weren't that many. Um, kind of indoor large PAs right that line array was still almost thought, you know, for touring for arenas and stuff. So there wasn't a whole, there wasn't as many options as there are today, but we went into that thing and, and this church had gone for years and years with some old, uh, Rankus Hines speakers in their, in their current room. And we got to a point where we kept stock of the eight inch drivers cause they would blow them up every weekend. Um, and, but they knew they were building this building. So they wanted to just get through with their old Rankus PA. So new buildings here, big, big room. And they're like, okay, we're going to get a PA that's big enough that we're going to not blow up drivers. And we're like, yep, that's a great idea. So, um, so we brought in a couple of manufacturers. Um, we talked to, talked to JBL and EV, and this was long enough ago that I don't remember the exact models, but, um, you know, one of those manufacturers brought in the biggest box they make because they're like, okay, that's that's what we we asked them <laughs> to bring. That's what the customer asked them to bring. The other manufacturer said, oh, no, this is a church. You don't need that. So they were insistent that they wanted to bring um, their 10-inch box. So they did. And that demo lasted about five minutes because um, we were going up. It was, it was an 18-inch box, um, a Vertec box versus something very small. And, and they, they were honest about it. Um, EV was and said, guys, we, we made a mistake in this. Um, we should have brought the other box. So, yeah. But the customers there, they experience all that. So that's uh, not that we're always right um, by any means, but that uh, we know what the customer wanted. You don't have to comment on this, but it wouldn't have mattered what box EV brought. <laughs> There's that. I, um, you know, there. like I said, there weren't as many options back then. <laughs> That's just one of the worst sounding line arrays. I'm sorry. All right. I might have to cut that out. But <laughs> that test is like, it's like comparing AM radio to FM radio. Yes. It's like, why does it sound so much more full bodied and less honky? Well, it's because you're listening to an 18 inch driver. Yeah. Of course, it's going to sound more full range. I feel like something that's is. gotten lost in our world is talking about headroom, right? We look at spec, yeah. at, at, at uh, spec sheets and say, oh, this can do X, Y, Z. Well, yeah, but what does it sound like at X, Y, Z decibel? 
right. does it sound like crap? Like, cool, it can output 1K at 132 decibels. That's not what we're listening to at church, at least in the one I go to. So, um, right. so yeah, there, there's a big deal uh, of that headroom and that clarity and like how are the driver, how's the compression in the drivers actually sound? So, um, so that's where actually being able to listen to a box and and uh, makes a big difference because when you just start looking at modeling um, or just reading off spec sheets, there's all that's only a small part of the story. Yeah, I think anybody can make an ease model look completely accurate and full coverage and full range. But man, until you get in the room and hear it, it's really hard to tell. So when I said my comment about nobody should do a PA shootout, I did not say, and everybody listen, I did not say you should not go and listen to these PAs. Because I think anytime you're considering a major purchase like this, it's it's equally irresponsible for you not to go and listen to it in context in somebody else's room. So if that means that you buy a plane ticket and fly somewhere that has one, that'll cost you a whole lot less than trying to set up one of these demos. And you'll get a feel for it, like Tyson's saying, in context, at SPL, with people in the room, with a band on stage. All those things matter so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's a big deal. Um, but like you said, listen to your box, but a PA shootout isn't always the best. You know, some of the, some of the other stories and things we've experienced is it puts vendors in a really interesting position. Um, when they're, you know, when they've basically have lobbied to their boss, Hey, Hey boss, I need to spend 15 grand to go do a demo at this church. They have massive pressure on them. So when you're, um, we've, we've made the mistake before um, of, of not just helping manage that vendor and client interaction during the demo because we've seen, uh, you know, the PA demos going and, and the customer will usually say, hey, I want to listen to this one again. And you can start to get a read what they're liking. Well, the next thing you know, the, the vendor who's losing walks up behind the customer and starts talking in his ear and right. um, persuade, like sound is preference. Um, especially when you get down to the point of doing a, a shootout of like, you know, the fundamentals are covered. There's a huge element of preference. And when you say, Hey man, listen, listen, how harsh that three K is. Oh, oh yeah. I, I hear that too. So they start to plant these things or, uh, that, that make their box look better. And then they might step in and say, Hey, did, did you know we're have a 5% discount on this box right now? And, you know, then it's, they walk over to the pastor and it, it can get out of hand really quick. So we won't even bring some manufacturers to demos. Um, cause yep. yeah, there's, there's some games that can go on behind the scenes that are no fun to deal with. Or they, they locate the executive pastor and then say, Hey, so what are you doing for your ceiling speakers throughout the building and TVs and all the classrooms? Do you know, you know, we also have, you know, all these other products, we could get you free ceiling speakers in the rest of the building. Yep. Yeah, we we uh, there's a there's a couple demos we did. It, it wasn't uh, audio, but we had we had a guy try to do that with TVs. It was he was trying to sell a church cameras, and uh, next thing you know, he was talking to the executive pastor and trying to give him a free TV for his house. <laughs> and uh, and the executive pastor was like all over this. He's like, "Are you really trying to give me a free TV for my personal?" Um, to make a choice for the church and just call them out on the spot. Dude, that is amazing because it's illegal. It's illegal, yeah. And I would hope that a senior pastor would at least acknowledge that this is not a good idea. Even if it were legal, it's still not a good idea. Exactly. (laughs) But it's, you know, that's the pressure those guys, those vendors are under too. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's been an interesting one. It's, 
Something that's that's really cool that we've done that could help um, with anybody listening to a PA, not even a shootout, is um, the power of persuasion is really interesting. So what we've learned is to have people do is to take note cards out um, and have anyone that's there listening that day take notes. Um, walk around, but don't talk to anyone else. So walk around. We'll cycle through the PAs. So for PAA, write down what you hear, your comments, your notes, PAB and C and D and so forth. And then no one's allowed to talk until we all gather after. And then everyone reads their comments. Because what we've seen happen is as soon as the perceived expert in the room, whether that be the worship pastor or the front of house guy, says something, everyone instantly thinks that's the right answer and won't say what they actually feel. That's great. So there's this weird consensus. So it's, it's fascinating to see that. It's not that anyone's right or wrong, but it's really cool when you can see a like experienced pastor who's not technical at all, but be able to come in and describe how something sounds in his own terms. So that's been something that's actually been really neat that we've learned over the years. How about when um, manufacturers use Wi-Fi networks to sneak into the DSP when no one's looking? Bro. So <laughs> one of the demos we did, um, we, we came in and set up like the day before type of thing measured everyone's PA, um, you know, set it up, got the levels matched, got the magnitude similar. Said, all right, cool. Let's go to dinner. Come in the next morning. The church will come in and we'll go. Well, we came in the next morning and it was definitely not the same. Um, you know, and, and luckily we kept our mics up. So yeah, there's, uh, most products now you can get into over Wi-Fi. So next thing you know, you see a dude in the corner back there on his tablet, uh, he's not checking his email and he's not on a Zoom call. He's increasing the, the decibel level by 3 dB of his product. And you'd be amazed at what a 3 dB change does to make your product sound perceivably better, even though it's just louder. Generally speaking, louder does sound better. And so if you can add that oomph to it, it might be perceived as more punchy or you know, warmer or whatever. And it ain't a fair fight. It's not a fair fight. I, I think somebody, I, I think I saw one comment on the thread of like first to 130 dB wins or something yes. like that. I'm like, there's actually <laughs> truth to that. <laughs> there totally is. Okay. So if someone's out there listening, church of 600 people, 300 seat room, and they're going to upgrade their PA, you know, maybe they're going to spend $50,000 on their full PA. What would you tell them to do? How do they go and listen to multiple PAs at that price point? Yeah. I would put um, put the listening almost in the second or third position. Start with the design, right? There's a lot of great modeling tools, but work with someone who has experience in that. Um, manufacturers have made huge strides in being able to design PAs for rooms, but in the past, that's not necessarily a strength, right? They were making a product, um, but they've gotten a lot better at it and the tools have as well. But also engage someone who has experience in designing loudspeaker systems in rooms. So look at that. Look at what that means. What boxes could mean what for coverage. Then from there, understand price and what you get for price. And then you can listen to say, I've got a design that looks similar. I know how much that's going to cost. Now who around has that, right? Does the church across the street have that similar box? Or like you said, do I need to fly somewhere and, and listen to it? And manufacturers are actually really good. They'd actually rather fly you somewhere to hear the product too for a lot of the time because um, it's just airfare. But 
that's where, you know, the, the listening practice goes into play in a lot of different things of what are you listening for? Um, what are the differences? How much do acoustics play a role in the environment you're listening? I remember at some of the, uh, the trade shows, WFX for a handful of years would do loudspeaker shootouts, um, in the, in the trade show. Yeah. In these trade shows is a massive concrete box. And luckily, you know, they put up some pipe and drape to absorb the uh, 12K um, reflections, but uh, it was just a big echo chamber. Yeah, you're still in this cavernous convention center where it's like you can't you don't discern know what that anything. Sounds like. yeah, yeah, there's no clarity. Exactly. So, yeah, start with design, understand price, then seek out some people who have that box, get their perspective on it, but go listen to a couple. I would, this, this is just a personal thing here. PAs have come such a phenomenal um, distance of, of how much better they are for the, for what you get for the price you spend now over the past 10 years. Um, you know, the integration with, you know, basically the FIR filtering and digital components, they're compare, they're pairing with the um, physical enclosure is phenomenal. So it's so much easier to get a good quality product. You don't need to listen to seven PAs to find a good one. I promise there's a there's several good ones in there. Um, you can if you want to. Um, it's yeah. fun. But um, dude, there's even good sounding plastic boxes at Guitar Center now. There really it's true. There is. Yeah. Like the I know I'm a Yamaha fanboy when people say I am, but that DXR box, they make yep. it in multiple sizes. It's fantastic. Yeah. The the QSC powered speakers, the K10 or whatever. Yeah, youth rooms, youth rooms have never sounded so good. Yeah, it's it's really true. The Yorkville power one, the little the little mini sort of stack yep. line array thing, it sounds great. Turbo sound makes one. Yep, I think the point is whatever your price point, if you're spending 50 grand, if you're spending 200 grand, if you're spending half a million, there are several options in every price point that would all give great results. Yeah. So it's about an integrator or a manufacturer rep that you really like to work with, somebody who can understand your vision and your needs and actually partner with you on getting there rather than getting a sale. And you know, just realizing that acoustics matter, tuning matters, deployment matters. There's so many factors that, you know, picking a brown box versus a black box versus a different black box is not really the argument anymore. It's, really it's about it's about service and relationship as much as it is about the actual loudspeaker enclosure. Yeah. That's yeah, good. and the coverage is still a big deal, you know. That totally. that matters and that's a little bit different requirements for everyone, but the tonality it's just like you guys say with with consoles, right? Spend some time on training yourself on how to use the gear. Because the best loudspeaker isn't going to fix a mix that isn't awesome, or isn't going to fix a musician that's not awesome. We've we've honestly gone into more churches, um, put in a, a new system, and like the the first rehearsal is, oh crap, I need to go talk to this vocalist, or because a great PA will reveal the flaws that are on the stage yes. that you never got to hear before because your old PA didn't have that kind of clarity. Yes. Or I need yeah. to buy a new microphone or I need to get some training. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's awesome. Okay. So you've just given out a lot of great advice. Um, if somebody wanted to reach out to you guys for some help, because I think they should, because you guys are awesome at this. You guys got like a 1-800 number down there? Or what you got going on? <laughs> I, I don't even know. Do we have phone numbers anymore? <laughs> Is that a thing? I thought we all just talk on Zoom now. 
Every time I try to call Lee, his his voicemail is, yeah, you're going to have to text me because I'm not going to listen to this. <laughs> There's truth in that. Um, I, I would say hit us up on show, social media, um, Summit Integrated Systems, um, or uh, you can hit us at sales at summitintegrated.com. Um, like I said, our, our team is, is phenomenal. Um, we've got a lot of great guys who have a ton of experience in this. We have a lot of great relationships with different manufacturers because that makes a big difference. And uh, yeah, we, we'd love to help if there's any uh, opportunity to do so. Cool. All right, man. Well, awesome. thanks for coming on and doing this. Yeah, next time we'll invite you guys to the shootout. Just kidding. <laughs> I should probably stay away from those. You can bring a soapbox if you want. I would be the loud, persuasive guy. Be like, are y'all hearing this crap? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we could, you could bring up, we could bring a few different PAs out and, and have them all at the MXU event in, at Summit. You know, I, I'm going to pass on that too. I, we have a PA <laughs> provider for the tour and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. It is going to be awesome. Uh, shout out to DMB. Absolutely. Thanks for taking time today, Tyson. It's always great to talk to you. And I know people are going to learn from your experience and wisdom. So we appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy Hawaii, my friend. I'm very excited. All right. We'll see you later. See ya. Well, that was really good. I love hearing more about the why behind, you know, whether you should even consider doing such a thing as a PA shootout. And I, I, I do want to clarify I love Eagle Brook and what they're doing and yep. their team there is awesome. So Steve, you know, when he posted the original post, it wasn't braggy at all. And it wasn't, you know, look at us here. We're, we're having the coolest, baddest line array shootout. He was just excited about the day and wanted people to know that they were doing something really cool for their ministry. So, and then um, I, I had to screw it all up. <laughs> well, I, I know, well, you know, no offense was intended, and I hope there was none taken. I think the lesson here, though, is if you're going to do that kind of thing, it needs to be very strategic. And you're talking about me posting on Facebook? It, that needs to be strategic? Always. That always <laughs> needs to be strategic. But the idea of a PA shootout, you've got to yes. have the right why behind what you're doing. And don't think of it as just a way to sort of test, you know, the sound of a loudspeaker against another great loudspeaker because those tests without context aren't always valuable. No, they are not. All right, fellas. Uh, let's well, recap here. MXU now. Go subscribe. Sign your team up. You got audio, video, and lighting content on it. We've got a tour coming to a city near you. Even if you're in Florida, I, I read all the DMs. Sorry, we're not coming to Florida, but you can come up to Atlanta. Go to Atlanta. Disney Airlines runs flights for $20. Was that a thing? <laughs> no, I just totally made that up. No, totally there's a up. lot of flights on Delta back and forth to Disney. I'll yeah. tell you that. Or just drive. Just drive. Just drive. Drive with your team so you'll have a lot to talk about on the way to and from the event, and it'll be great. We promise. And guys in the Northeast, you know, I'm sorry that we're not coming closer to you, but it's a good excuse for you to kind of come to the Southeast as well. So Charlotte, Atlanta, Nashville. Chicago. Chicago, they're all pretty accessible. So they are. And then next year, you know, who knows? We might make the. I liked your uh, your thing on Facebook, Lee, about next year being the Seoul, Manila, Australia, yeah, Germany, Germany, UK tour, Sweden, Oslo. I'm banned from a few countries, but we can find a substitute <laughs> for those. 
No, Master of Ceremonies has to be at every event. So we'll just have to find cities that you're allowed to be in and we'll we'll do our routing based on Jay's legal status in whatever city we're in. I've got a good lawyer. Jay, you're coming you're coming to all access. Yeah, I I'm gonna at least gonna pop in and make communion one night. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Good. All right, fellas. Till next time. As always. Yeah, great to see you. We'll see you next time. Hasta la vista.